run through the woods and just like an animal. Run, run through, through the, the woods just like an animal. Eat raw meat just like a cannibal. Eat, Eat raw meat just like a cannibal. We eat poison rattlesnakes for lunch. We eat poison rattlesnakes for lunch. Podcasters are a wild bunch. <laughs> Podcasters are a wild bunch. Especially us. Welcome to the show. You're listening to the Hope Radio Podcast. Stories, profiles, and interviews of courage, triumph, and perseverance. My name is Sean Davis. I happen to be your humble host. And joining me as always, my hostess with the mostest, my beautiful wife. Her name is... Just Jen. I love that. That's my favorite part. Is it? Yeah. I just like it when you say it. Because you always say it with your arms out. Oh, just yeah. Jen. I'm very animated. Well, you ready? I'm ready. We are tasked today, Jen. Okay. Today with being hawkers of hope. Oh. Originators of optimism. Mm-hmm. Purveyors of positivity. Yes. Engineers of encouragement. Awesome. What's that spell? Hope. Yes. Yay. That's what we're right. all about. Trying to be Beacons of light to our fellow man. Yes. Are you up to the task? I'm always up to the task. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, okay. okay. Some some days you are, some days not. Mm, you're probably right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know you well. I can't be perfect. We've you know? been together a long time. Yes. Some, some days or some days. Some days I feel like a nut and sometimes I don't. Well, I feel good. Well, you feel good. I know you feel good today because we're out on the trail. We got some fresh air. We got yeah. some dirt church miles in. That's what we call it when we're praising God, listening to worship music, getting in our mile a mm-hmm. day effort. Mm-hmm. Had some beautiful views. Yes. Talked about words matter. Words do matter. Did some video. It's It's been a great start to the morning. Right. And we decided to have a great start to the morning. That's how it happens. It's a choice. It's a choice. You listening out there? Happiness is a choice. We choose it. Choose to be bright. Mm -hmm. Choose to look at the positive. Choose to be optimistic. So if you say, I'm going to have a great day, your words matter. You'll you'll have a great day. Yeah, I think you attract it. Yeah, if you say, I'm going to have a really bad day, well, yeah, you probably are, and we can't hang out because we don't want to be with negative Nancys, (laughs) right? (laughs) And if your name's Nancy... You're probably not negative. I don't know. Yeah, it's like, you know what I think? It's funny you bring that up. Because mm-hmm. negative Nancy, right? Right. Well, now, like, all of these people that get caught on video, like, in inappropriate situations <laughs> yeah. are being called, especially the women are being called Karens. Yeah, don't I feel be a sorry Karen. for Karens. Like, regular Karens that didn't ask for all of this attention. Your hairdresser's name is Karen. My hairdresser? Yeah, your hair lady? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Perfect cuts, yeah. I think I think about that, like... You know, like if your name's Karen, like I don't want to be associated with all these crazies. How did they get the name Karen? I don't know. I think it's just a generic term for a like a angry John white. Doe, Jane Doe, but a Karen. Yeah, I don't know. Mm. Interesting. I don't know. But sending out love to the normal Karens. 
The okay. regular ones, yeah. the ones that don't yeah. get caught on viral videos. I don't really know any Karens. <laughs> we interviewed a Karen, Karen Millsap. Oh, well, yeah. She spells her name with a C. No? Yeah. I think she spells it with a K. No, it's a C. Really? It's C-A-R-E-N. Karen, if you're listening, we were curious. Now Now you got me curious. I think it's, it's a K. C. I, I'm, I'm 99.9%. Karen right? Glasser is the one that spells it with a C. Oh, well, that's a Karen, too. (laughs) I guess we do know a lot of Karens. We know more than you thought. Yeah. All right, so let's get into some joke time. Let's get some laughs on. Okay. Let's let's have some fun. Let's have some fun. You want me to go first? Do you want to go first? I don't care. It's up to you. I'll go first. You decide. I'm going to go first. All right, you go. No, you go. All right. (laughs) Did you hear about the actor that fell through the floor? Oh, my God. That just happened to my girlfriend. Yeah, he was going through a stage. That's funny, but one of my friends just fell through her roof in her garage and landed on her car. Well, that's not something you should be doing. It's not funny. <laughs> it's so, not funny. Well, depending on how it all worked out, it could have been, I guess. It's like one of my biggest nightmares because, you know, we renovate you have homes. A ni- you have a nightmare of falling through the floor landing yes, on a car. Yes, because when we renovate homes and we're like walking around in places, that's just... Um, when are you walking around ever on the roof? Not like if you're in the attic. Yeah. Say you're in the when attic. When are you in the attic? Um, we looked at that one house that in one? Sacramento. That one. And it was an attic. And I was like, yeah. oh, great. This is like just sheetrock. If I step on here, I'm going to end up somewhere. Maybe else. that old house. It was like 1880s the or something. The one that I wanted. The one in Newcastle. The one that it was like, didn't even have oh, a driveway. Yeah. Yeah. The tub. Uh, it was. That yeah. was an awesome house. Anyway, Anyways. squirrel. <laughs> oh, we did that at the same time. I know. Okay, your turn. Okay, you ready for my joke? I am. Okay, what dessert is perfect for eating in bed? Why'd you say perfect like that? Perfect. Like it's a cat. Like some, (laughs) like there's some cat analogy or cat connection. Like purring. I just over enunciated. Um, Ice chips. No. What? A sheet cake. (laughs) But honestly, like cheesecake, brownies, cupcakes, all cakes are good. What's a sheet cake? It's a a sheet of a cake. Isn't that how cakes are? Yeah, but you can have like all different, anything's great in bed for dessert, right? Strawberries, chocolate covered strawberries. Spinach? Not not a good bed dessert. I'm talking about dessert. Okay. Spinach isn't a dessert. Cho- chocolate isn't great in bed. I'll tell you that much right now. Yeah. Because if you, you know. It's yeah, just, it just gets on your sheets. Yeah. You and know then what? It, does, it doesn't look great. Is there a dessert that has spinach in it? <laughs> I'm sure. Some sort of spinach quiche savory That's version. That's dessert. I don't know. I'm going to Google. You're the foodie. You should I know. know. I've never had it. But I want to try it. You know what I think we should do? Hmm. We should probably ask our guest. Yeah. That question. Send us recipes of spinach, desserts, desserts with spinach. This is how we'll test if anybody's listening. Send us spinach recipe dessert ideas. Yes, and then we'll make dessert it online ideas. and show you how we actually listened. <laughs> I love it. Well, I want to tell you about Bobby Kuntz. Okay. He's our next guest. This guy is awesome. He's a ball of fire, like his energy, mm-hmm. love talking with him. He recently wrote a book called The Someday Solution. I'm going to have him talk about the book, but he he's referred to us mm-hmm. by another one of our podcast guests, Mr. O'Brien, Michael O'Brien. Oh, nice. 
and um, otherwise affectionately known by his friends as OB. But anyway, OB referred mm-hmm. us to Bobby, and I think we're going to have a great time talking to Bobby Coots about his book, about his life, about his trials and tribulations. I'm just excited to, yeah. to hear what he has to say. Sounds like a plan to me. Shall we get him on the good old bullhorn? Yes, we should. I've What's used, a bullhorn? I don't know. I've never used that term before. It just came to me. I think that was before our time. <laughs> Bullhorns? Should we call him? Was that the first telephone? I don't know. Okay. We'll get him on a two-way radio? <laughs> Let's just get him on the line. How about, how about we talk to him? Let's call him. All right, here we go. Okay. All right, I've got Bobby Koontz on the line. Welcome to the show, Bobby. How are you today? Well, like <laughs> better than I deserve. That's for sure. Better than I deserve. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I think we're all feeling a little bit like that. It's, you know, one of those days. I, I feel awesome. Maybe better than I deserve. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. You know, it's interesting. I think every morning when we open our eyes, we have a choice. I mean, I believe this from the very deepest part of my soul. And the choice is to wake up and and, and ask, how am I going to get through this day? Or to ask instead, what can I get from this day? I like when that. We put our feet da- yeah, when we put our feet down on the floor and we say thank you because we woke up, that's a great place to start. Oh, yes. I think that's an extension of uh, the whole idea of gratitude. You know, just waking up and being grateful for where you are, what you have, and you know, I've had that uh, discussion a couple of different times on the show and just this idea, I love, I have a gratitude journal, just the idea of writing down what you're grateful for, you're grateful for your legs, grateful for waking up, grateful for being able to see and, you know, the air in your lungs, et cetera, et cetera. And so I think if you begin your day in gratitude, it makes it much more easy to go, okay, what, what, what can I extract from the day? What can I give to the day? What can I do to help others? What can I do to further my own cause? It changes everything. You know, if you think about it, and whether you go to your refrigerator and you get a drink of water, or whether you go to the faucet and get a drink of water, or whether you drink from a bottle of water, we're doing something here in America that many people across the globe don't get to experience. They don't get to go to a a tap. They don't get to go to a refrigerator. They don't get to pick up a bottle of water and just take a drink of clean, clear water. And you can just start by being grateful for the fact that we live in a country where water's not an issue for us. Yeah. Yeah. Water's not an issue for us. And a lot of the conveniences of modern day society we take for granted, mm-hmm. others don't have. You know, I think I just was watching a video. Um, was it on maybe watching alone? I'm t- yeah. just con- configured with Jen. But well, anyway, they were these women were walking with um, with things on their head and they were yeah, just the balancing. Yeah. Baskets holding on their head. Baskets on the head. Yeah. And I think they were holding water. But like just like sometimes it's a three, four, five mile hike just to get water in right. the morning. That's how they start their day. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the story of charity water. I mean, and so that's it's one of the it's just one of the many, you know, one of the many charities that I believe in and that I personally support and. That, you know, frankly, many of the colleagues that I believe in support as well. Michael O'Brien is one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike Dooley is another guy. As a matter of fact, Mike Dooley is the one who introduced me to Charity Water through a fundraiser that he, he was running because he knew his global reach. Now, here's this is something that's really interesting. You stop and think about this for a minute. You know, a person gets into a position where they can have a real impact on the world and make a real difference, like a global impact. And all they have to do is say to their followers, say to their audience, say to the people that believe in the same thing that they believe in, the message of hope 
that they're talking about and how that if we choose to, we can show up and make a difference doing whatever it is that we do as individuals, but collectively that energy comes together. So Mike Dilley had a thing where he was supporting Charity Water and he said he would match all of the money that came in from everybody. on, And that's when I became a spring contributor because I knew my money was going to get doubled. That's awesome. I love stories like that. I love that. I love charity support. I love the idea of fresh, clean water and uh, doing what you can to help others get fresh, clean water. One of the basics of life that we take for granted here uh, in the United States, a lot of people do. So that's that's mm-hmm. awesome that you participated in that and did that. I guess what uh, was curious for me and, and what got me really excited about our visit today, our chat if we'll call it that today, (laughs) was um, you just recently published your first book. It's called The Someday Solution, How to Go from Unsure to Unstoppable. I love that, one day at a time. I love that title. I love that name. And so I would love to, uh, first of all, understand how you developed that and and what happened in your life that led you to the point where you wanted to uh, write this book. And then we'll dig into the book if you can. Sure, absolutely. Well, the the inspiration for the book actually came in 2014 as I completed my very first Pan Mass Challenge. Now, Pan Mass means across Massachusetts. (laughs) And the Pan Mass Challenge, for me... This was a a uh, bike riding challenge? Like a... a, Yeah, it's a bike riding challenge. For me, it was a 192-mile, two-day bike ride across Massachusetts with a team of colleagues that were in support of the PMC.org organization, the Pan Mass Challenge organization, that is focused on raising funds to end cancer. I mean, their mission is really simple. It's to end cancer. Every single rider-raised dollar from the ride goes directly to Dana-Farber Cancer Institute to battle cancer. It's an incredible organization. I went, for me, how the book came to be, it it started with a text message, actually. It came from one of my colleagues, you know, kind of trying to get me on the hook to get on the phone to do to do a, a WebEx with them about this thing that they wanted me to come do that for some reason they thought I was going to be perfect for. And my brain was struggling with how they thought I was going to be perfect because here I was a guy who was probably at least 20 pounds overweight, at least weighing 20 pounds more than I wanted to weigh. Let's put it that way. Uh, it's a bike ride and I didn't have a bike. It's a bike ride and I'm not a cyclist. It's a bike ride and I haven't, ridden 1.92 miles, let alone 192 miles, and, 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 and they want me to come do this bike ride fundraiser with them across Massachusetts that's, you know, I don't know, a million miles away, it seems like, because I live in Las Vegas, and this is all the way over in the East Coast, you know, in, in Massachusetts, and I'm, I'm like, Man, I don't understand how I'm a perfect fit for this, guys. You're going to have to help me with that. <laughs> Sounds sounds like we had a discussion yesterday with a gal, just a wonderful, wonderful gal, Alberta, and sounds similar to her. You know, she's a she's a forty seven, or at the time was a forty seven year old Cuban grandmother living in Miami, and she she's got this. She was introduced to this charity that takes care of kids in Kenya. Well, the one hook of it was that to raise money for these kids to get them all the way through high school. You know, and her sponsored child was like five or six at the time. You know, she the 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 
the impetus to actually raise the funds was to climb Mount Kilimanjaro. And so she's like, I've lived in Miami all my life. Like, I, I don't have no mountains around. Like, how, how am I going to go climb a mountain that's 19,000 foot tall? Sound, sounds yeah. like kind of the same challenge you got. All of a sudden, somebody goes, well, here, we think you're perfect for this. It's completely outside of anything you've ever done, but we think you're perfect. Maybe because you said yes. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Now, here's the interesting thing, and I love that story that you that you just used as an example of like climbing Mount Kilimanjaro, because you, you think about just that as an example. So you're at the, you're at the, the foot of the mountain and, and you're looking up <laughs> and you can see the summit, maybe if it's not shrouded in clouds. And if it's shrouded in clouds, you know the summit's there, but you can't see it. <laughs> I think that'd but be more intimidating. Before, <laughs> but before you do anything, before you take one step towards the mountain, something has to change in you. And what changes is you make a commitment. You make a commitment to start. You make a commitment to begin. And that's what happened for me with the Pan Mass Challenge. When I've got, I've got this group of colleagues telling me about this phenomenal event that they want me to get involved with. And I've got all these doubts and fears running through my mind. And then they shared the motto of the PMC with me. And that's when things shifted. That's when things changed for me. The motto of the PMC is so simple. Isn't it, how, isn't it interesting how we always want to complicate the simple things? Yeah. So it's, and I wanted to even complicate this. i got to be honest with you. And I did, actually, <laughs> in true confession, right? In true, <laughs> in true confession fashion. But the motto of the PMC is commit. You'll simple. figure it out. It's super One word. simple. Commit. Yeah. You, get the yeah. of, you get the lackadaisical nature of that. There's no real structure to it. Commit. Yep. We'll figure it out. <laughs> I love it. Simple. So One word. Going, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Commit. You'll figure it out. Okay. So what does that mean? Okay. Commit. Then, then, then what do you do next? So what's the next step? I got to know the next step. And isn't that what stops most of us? We think we have to know the next step. What if we just made the commitment? Yeah. Well, see, Jen. Might the... Jen, Jen's yeah, a big ahead, planner. Yeah, Jen, Jen's a planner. Oh, like in yeah. order for her to make a commitment, she she needs to, like it needs to be on the calendar. She needs to know about it in advance. Surprises are a no-go. She don't like surprises. Like me, I'm a winger. Yeah. Like I can wake up and if somebody said, hey, you want to go climb Kilimanjaro? I'd probably go, yeah, let's go do it kind of thing, you know? It's just like I don't, I don't need that preparation like that, you know, but uh, she definitely does. Yeah, for sure. Right, right. But so that's interesting too. So this is a great this is a great analogy for your audience to consider as well, right? Everybody begins where they are. Yep, that's very true. Very true. Well, I think it. But I think before, it. Anyway, I'm sorry. Before we be, before we begin from where we are, though, we have to at least know where we are. Yeah. Yeah, it's like the like the old analogy, you know, starting any journey. In order for you to get to where you're going, you got to know where you're at. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. How magical is a GPS? Right. What does a GPS need? It needs two things. It needs to know where you are, and it needs to know where you want to go. Yeah, that's it. So for this for this Pan Mass challenge, so you you obviously committed 192 miles. It's going to be two days. And so, like, what was that experience like for you? How, how did that relate to the origin of your Someday Solution book? 
Right. So let me just say that when I began, I was beyond unsure. <laughs> I was full of doubt and fear and oh my goodness. And along the lines of needing to know a lot of details, I think I understand that philosophy just a little bit. I don't have to have them all, actually, though. But I do need to have some pretty good ideas about, well, like maybe just start with, okay, I don't have a bike, guys. That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and and they're like, no, 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 you don't understand. When you commit, when you commit, you'll figure it out. In other words, what they were trying to tell me is like, once you make the commitment, it's like the universe kind of lines up to help you. So it's interesting. There's a quote, and it, it's on my book. It, it says, the moment one definitely commits oneself, then providence moves to, and that's by William Hutchinson Murray. And that's what happened for me. But to give you an idea and to give your audience an idea of how it really happened for me, it wasn't until I actually crossed the finish line of the two days, the 192 miles, with my arms outstretched to the cheers of literally thousands of people that I'm like, how did I do that? <laughs> and it was that curiosity. Curiosity is a superpower. At least I believe it is. My mind needed to wrap itself around how did I go from sitting on the couch, being out of shape, being overweight, not having a bike, not knowing anything about cycling, to completing a two-day ride. And oh, by the way, during the worst conditions in the entire 35-year history of the event. Of course it would be. That would be the year of that course. you would do it. That would be the year I'd do it. Exactly. Exactly. So when my brain was trying to wrap it, its, it's mind around that, this, this whole idea of the simple formula, the, the Pan Mass Challenge motto, commit, you'll figure it out. It just would not leave my mind. And I knew there was something to the word commit. And then I thought, well, commit. I've seen a quote about that. Oh, yeah, it's that one from William Hutchinson Murray. The moment one definitely commits oneself, then problems moves too. And I thought, wow, commit. Each of those letters would probably make a really great chapter for the book. But does that make sense? And I thought, well, how did I get started? I'm like, oh, my goodness. Chapter one, choose to begin. Mm -hmm. Chapter two, one day at a time. Chapter three, manage expectations. Chapter four, make mistakes and friends along the way. Chapter five, inspire others and seek inspiration. Chapter six, together we accomplish more. That's the team piece. All about team. Yeah. You know, we can't do these things alone. It's impossible. And finally, waiting at the end, like the finish line was waiting for me after two days of writing, was success, which is a natural result of commitment. Love it. Love and that. And that's, and that's how the book was born. At least that's how the idea for the book was and then once I had the structure, all I had to do is fill in the details with what my experience was. Now, how did you come up with the someday solution? <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's actually pretty good. So that I did. My book originally wasn't going to be called the someday solution. It was going to be called something else. But in a session of discovery with, you know, an amazing human being that was trying to help me come up with a really good title for the book. You know, there was this conversation that developed around, well, you know, there's a lot of people that want to write a book and they say that they'll do it someday. 
There's a lot of people that want to take a trip to Europe and they say that they'll do it someday. There's a lot of people that say they want to run a marathon and they'll do it someday. There's probably a lot of people out there that want to do the Pan Mass Challenge, but they say they'll do it someday. And then I went to the calendar and I looked on my calendar and I looked everywhere. I looked in January, February, March, every month. I looked in every single month. I looked at every single day and I couldn't find someday anywhere. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) That is awesome. As a matter of fact, I even looked in the year of leap year and it wasn't there either. Someday wasn't there either, huh? Nope. I couldn't find it. And I thought, what is this someday thing that we tell ourselves that we put off something that we know that's really important to us? I'll do that someday. Mm. And I thought, what if the steps or what I call, I call, what I really call the someday solution is a pathway to progress. I'm not a big fan of formulas or blueprints or this or that. And the reason I say that is because it might work great for building a specific house or building a specific business or helping somebody go from one place to another using a specific formula. But that formula was created by somebody for something specific that they did. And a lot of times it doesn't work for someone else. So I thought, could I create a structure that somebody could plug themselves into that they could follow that would be a pathway to progress for them to get to where they wanted to go from wherever they found themselves? I love that. That's a great idea. I think that's really good. I, I don't, yeah, I think in today's age, I think in an age of expediency, I think people are looking for the one size fits all, the most expedient, the the, the recipe that's going to take them from zero to a hundred, the fastest, et cetera. So I, I, I like that. But what I like even more is what, is what you said about the, I'm just the commit. Like Jen, for us, I just think about you know, what, what we've done with streaking with the cool kids and, and what you've done with it specifically, but what it's led to for us. And so Jen has a pretty large following on Instagram. She started about seven years ago doing this challenge in June. It was a run, walk, jog one mile a day, every day in the month of June challenge. And I mean, she had a few hundred people do it the first year and then it kept growing and growing and growing. And and we just completed it this year. And she had over 65, 6,800 participants in 13 different countries this time. And, you know, it's just this whole idea of making a commitment for that month every single day to get in a mile, one mile. I don't care if you crawl it. I don't care if you walk it. I don't care if you run it, whatever you need to do to just get that done. And so... You know, she finally got me to participate a little over four years ago, and then we got to the end of the streak, and I'm like, I don't see a good reason for us to stop, and she said, I don't either, and so here we are on day, like, 1500 and something, you know, we're probably closing in on 1550 or something like that, but we've been doing this streak for four years, but it's just this idea of making that commitment, deciding to choose you deciding to make a choice for yourself, for your future, for your health, for your family, and then moving forward in that commitment. That's exactly what you did with that Pan Mass Challenge. Wow, what a beautiful story you just shared with me. I got goosebumps in my arms from what you guys are doing. To, you know, it's just, and, and the two of you joining in like that, and, and you set an example for people with your actions about what's possible. But not only what's possible, What's possible for the individual with the commitment, a tiny, tiny, tiny little commitment about making a small change 
Yeah. That can make a big difference. You know what's what's been what's been incredible for me as a as a witness to it because in, in, when she first started doing it, like it was just her thing. Like she'd just do it and she took on that responsibility. And then and then I started participating. And then I started reading some of the stories. And then I started, you know, because she'll get emails at the end of it. You know, you you literally helped change my life. I lost, you know, ten pounds. I've reconnected with my kids. I've reconnected with my husband. I'm, I feel better about myself. I used to be a runner ten years ago, but then just I, I lost the love for it. Now I've reconnected with that, and just the stories abound. But what's also been interesting is to actually hear people go, "Well, I did this challenge for the last three years, and I I couldn't get it done. And this year I did it." You know, those stories. Yeah. Jen, you know what I'm yes. talking about? Like, so what do you like about those? I, I mean, when you hear that, what does that, what does that do for you in terms of the commitment or the kind of the, the locking in the, the desire to want to continue to do it or do more of it? For me, it just inspires me. Like yeah. here I am inspiring other people. What they don't know is they're inspiring me. Yeah. You know, so I think that's like the biggest thing is like, I, I get so much out of it. You got to get that too, Bobby. I mean, I'm sure people have said something about the book. I'm sure that you've gotten some comments. I'm yeah. sure about your story. Like, you know, like you, you get inspired by the people that, in, that are inspired by you. It's like right. the symbiotic. Yeah. <laughs> it's the best. And that's, and that's where the chapter inspire others and seek inspiration. That's what that yes. was all about. So as I was on my training rides, right, I was inspired one day. I'm cruising along. I live in Las Vegas. I'm training. So the, the Pan Mass Challenge always takes place on the very first weekend of August. So you can imagine training in the summer in, in Las Vegas, yeah. getting ready to go do one of these things could be pretty intense. And I was out training that, that year for that very first long ride. So, And I got to be honest with you. I really wanted to know I could do what I had committed to doing. This might this might line up real well for you, Jen, along with kind of having to have that, uh, that inner confidence that, well, you know, if I, if I did a practice ride, if I did a hundred mile mm -hmm. practice ride, then I will have demonstrated to myself that I could do this. So I set out one morning to do a hundred mile practice ride. And while I'm out there, I'm pedaling along and it's hot and I'm probably looking pretty flush. <laughs> this guy comes up alongside of me. He looks like he's probably, I don't know, at least in his seventies. I'm not sure. And he looks just as calm and cool and collected as you could possibly imagine. And he looks over at me and he said, Hey, how you doing? I'm like, I'm okay. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm grinding it out. I'm sticking with it. He said, so what are you up to? And so I told him and I said, well, how about you? What are you up to? He said, well, I'm, I'm training for the, for the Maui triathlon. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> you're, this you're, guy's in his 70s. This yeah. guy's in his 70s, right? Yep, and that's I'm great. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, my gosh. You know, <laughs> is this guy amazing? So in my book, I have the story of Irish Bob. Now, Irish Bob is a guy who is a marathoner. He's a three-time cancer survivor. And last year, I had the great good fortune of riding 100 miles around Lake Tahoe with Irish Bob as the inspiration for our team that was raising money for cancer research for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. Was that 80 years old? Was that a specific race that you did in Tahoe? Yeah, it, yeah, America's most beautiful bike ride. Okay, Jeff Holden did that. One of our friends did that. We live in Northern California, so we we live about <laughs> forty five minutes from yeah. Tahoe. But we have oh my gosh. quite a few that, friends that do that uh, hundred miler around the lake. It's supposed to be beautiful. That is the most. It's called America's most beautiful bike ride for <laughs> yeah, a reason. I'm just for real, yes. Oh my goodness, what an event! But to have Bob there 
with us yeah. as the inspiration for our team, a three-time cancer survivor, Incredible. 80 years old, showing us the way. Oh, my goodness. That, if that doesn't get you going, if that doesn't get you motivated, I don't know what will. Yeah, I, I, I can only imagine. And, yeah. and, and for those that are listening, if you've never stepped on a bike <laughs> and ridden, so like j- just a little side story here. Jen, I'm not a bike rider normally by, by any means. I, I just, other than being a bike rider as a kid, I really haven't developed an, an affinity for it. But Jen was one of the very first people to get a Peloton. She's had one for almost three years. Oh, yeah. awesome, awesome. <laughs> right? Awesome. And for Love almost it. three years, she tried to talk me into riding that damn bike. And I would not get on <laughs> yeah. that bike to save my life. And so about two and a half months ago, two, two and a half months ago, she finally she finally said something, I guess, that struck the right chord. Or maybe I finally got smart enough to want to listen to what she had been trying to tell me for two years <laughs> to do. But I got on that damn bike, and now that damn bike's my bike. You know, that's my Peloton bike. So much so that she's got another one being delivered on Saturday just because she don't like share. I don't want to share. She don't want my sweat on her sweat or vice versa. So I, don't, I can't blame you for that one. That's for sure. But I'll, I'll tell you, like, I will do a 45-minute ride and literally be drenched. And it's, a, it's, an, it's an effort. Like, I'm at, you know, 90% plus. And I'll get to 15 or 16 miles in a 45-minute ride. So just to just to frame it for our listeners, imagine a 100-mile ride, right. what that actually takes from you, how much time that actually takes, how much time in the saddle and the seat that it takes, the effort, <laughs> the energy, the exertion that it takes, let alone, you know, 200 miles or, or whatever. And then Jen, one of the companies that sponsors us, she's got a, a company called Orange Mud that sponsors us. That guy was on a what, 600, 700? 700. Mile just ride? got done with his 700 mile ride. I'm like, who does a 700 mile ride? Bobby, could you imagine doing 700 miles? All by himself, too. It was crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's that's mind bending. No, it, trust me, it was it, it was enough for me to do what I did the, the day the day that I did the 108 miles back in 2014. You know, the coldest, wettest day yeah. in the entire history of the event, and you know, it, it, it's interesting. You. Uh, you're getting started and you know, you have a feeling about what the day is going to be like, but it hasn't started raining yet, Mm -hmm. but you know, it's coming. And even though you've been lied to by your team leader, (laughs) because you know, he wants to keep your spirits up. It was a white lie. You know, it's like, Oh, don't worry. It's the Panama challenge. It's all downhill. No worries. (laughs) Right. But as you're getting ready and the national anthem hasn't even played yet, and you reach down to clip yourself into your pedal so that you can get ready to get started. And as you look down, you feel this first drop of rain innocently fall on the back of your neck, and you know that you're in for something very different than what you signed up for. Mm. You have to find a way to get through something like that. How did you do that? How How did you dig? Like in those moments through that time, I'm sure that there were times where you really struggled. What did you think about what did you do that helped you persevere? Humor. (laughs) (laughs) Humor is a powerful weapon, a powerful weapon. So as the rain came and when it changed from being maybe 30% chance of rain to a true 100% chance of rain, and 100% equates to the rain coming down so heavy that when you look over at the person next to you, 
you kind of look like, you know, maybe you're looking through this sheet of water, almost like a waterfall and the fog that accompanies it. And you can see them, you know, they're there, but you can't really see them because the water's streaming into your eyes and you're riding on a bike and you get the idea, right? Mm -hmm. So, and you say to that person, Hey, Mark, what do you think the chance of rain is today, buddy? I heard, I heard it was like 30%. He's like, 30% that high. You think there's a 30% chance it's going to rain today? And I'm like, well, that's what I heard. He said, nah, dude, this feels more like 10%. (laughs) 10% or 10 inches. One of the two. Right. So we just made light of the situation and then we had fun with each other. We kept each other's spirits up. You know, I was in the military as well. And, and I had told everybody, well, you know, it's been a long time ago, but I've never forgotten cadence. I just, I've got a little cadence I can sing for you guys. And they're like, really? And I'm like, yeah. So let's do a little bit of that. And so I'm like, I don't know, but I've been told. EMCers are good at gold. I don't know, but I heard rumors. And then Mark was riding alongside of me. And I said, I heard Mark is wearing bloomers. And, you know, everybody starts laughing and chuckling and carrying on. And so, you know, I continued on with some different stuff. I made up a funny little one that I kind of heard and created just for our group. And uh, if you guys want to have a little fun with me, we could do it together. Even if you want to have a little fun, you guys could do the holler back with me. Okay. So it, it, are you ready for this? <laughs> yes. All right, here we go. We're going to have a little fun together. Just All right. To show you how We're down. This, this is one of those moving things that you can do. Like, you know, we have to change our state. If we get, we get put into a, a position of, like extreme difficulty or challenge, kind of like what's going on in the world right now. How do we change our state in a moment so that we can move from low energy to high energy? So here we go. We're going to have a little fun. Okay. Run through the woods just like an animal. Run through the woods just like an animal. Do I do do that or do I? There you go. Perfect, perfect. Now I want to hear you and Jen do that together. We're going to start over. Okay, okay. Let's go. Run through the woods and just like an animal. Run, Run through, through the, the woods just like an animal. Eat raw meat just like a cannibal. Eat, Eat raw meat, meat just like a cannibal. We eat poison rattlesnakes for lunch. We eat poison rattlesnakes for lunch. Podcasters are a wild bunch. <laughs> Podcasters are a wild bunch, especially us. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That was awesome. Jen needed that. How are you feeling now? I'm feeling happy. Yeah, I've, yeah. I'm feeling happy yeah. too. That you know, just laughter. You yes. like you cannot you cannot be in fear and laugh. Yeah, you can't be in anxiety and laugh. I laugh 99 percent of the day. Yeah, you I'm do. Always laughing. But his story just reminded me of like when we, uh, so we all run. We have a family of four boys, and they've been running half marathons since they're like six or seven years old. Yeah. So. Oh my God. That's crazy. I know. Six or seven? Yeah. They, we just have to go one foot in front of the Our other. Our youngest ran his first half marathon yeah. at like seven, I think. Seven. Yeah. I think he was seven. That is mind bending. Wow. But they've been doing like 5Ks. They did 5Ks when they were like little, little, like four and five. Yeah, especially like the Disneyland half, yeah. you know, 5K, 10K, you know, theme rides or three theme runs, etc. But I'm always the one like trying to encourage them because obviously a little kid's like, okay, I'm over this kind of thing. And I, I just reminding me of 
you know, running with Matt and our littlest one. And we would just sit there and talk about what are we going to eat when we're done with this? And so we would get so extravagant into like burgers and fries and like the whole way we would talk about food. And so he didn't even really know he was running a race, but yeah, I just, you know, it had was to the keep distraction. Yeah. It was the distraction. Keep entertaining him. Yeah. So <laughs> instead of doing like little chants, like you did, we, we talked about food. Like what do you want when we're done? <laughs> well, in case you didn't pick up on the gym's totally a foodie. Like, <laughs> yeah. like she, she wakes up thinking about food. She goes to sleep thinking about food throughout the day. She looks food. at food. She watches TV shows about food. It's probably why we run so much <laughs> so I can eat. There you go. <laughs> There's balance yeah. there. <laughs> yeah. I, I probably need to create another one of those cadence so I can be respectful of everybody who's decided not to have any meat in their life, right? The vegetarian. <laughs> so, and and I and I appreciate all all people, and that's the one of the things that's wonderful about life, right? Is we are this um, we are this collection of all these individual mm-hmm. spirits and souls who really are just trying to, you know, we're just trying to kind of navigate our way through whatever's coming along, and you know, something like this this crisis comes along and people are scratching their heads going, wow, I never saw this coming. How am I ever going to get through this? Yeah. Yeah. I think that there's a lot of people um, that feel that way. And I think that's the biggest reason why we started the podcast. You know, you talk about, um, I'll circle back around to something you said earlier and I wanted to make this connection at the time, but it just jumped back in, into my memory. But the whole idea of that commitment again, commit, you know, for me, yeah. You know, I had this word about the podcast about 10, 11, 12 years ago, somewhere in that range. I, I was doing a financial show on a local AM radio station here in Sacramento, had been doing it for a year or two. And I just felt like like this word about doing a show about hope, hope radio, you know, engendering hope like it was planted in in my mind. And um, but I, I, it was never the right time. I mean, like going back 10, 11 years, you know, you're talking about what, 2010, 2009. Like we were just coming out of the Great Recession, the stock market was doing great, unemployment was doing really well, people were employed, like the whole message of hope just didn't seem like it was the right time. And so when COVID hit, like I sold my financial services practice in 2018, and when COVID hit, you know, all of a sudden, like I just felt all of that memory, that seed, like it, it just, it blossomed like a bamboo root, man, it just grew. And it, and I felt like God said, you know, now, go do it now. And, and I committed to doing it, and I, but I made it. I made a deal with the Lord. I said, "Listen, I'll commit. I'll do this." And I said, "Jen, I literally grabbed her and said, hey, she's all, what are we doing?'" I said, "We're gonna go to the podcast studio. We're gonna we're gonna go yeah. do a pod. We're gonna do Hope Radio." But I made a deal with 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 God and said, "Listen, I'll do the podcast, but you got to help me find guests mm-hmm. because I felt like that was going to be the biggest challenge." And and it's like that law of attraction. It's like what you're saying. Once I committed, right? Then what happened? We start. We started finding the guests. Oh, yeah. You know, like the attraction. Yep. Like it, it started to come, and it's been ever since. We were doing a, a show every single day at the beginning, just mm-hmm. because I felt like it was so important that I needed to get you know new messages out right. every day for people to hear, etc. Because we were all in quarantine. Now we we kind of do it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. But you know, this whole idea of making the commitment and then the resources follow. That it's like the, the God, the world, however, whatever you believe, however you want to say it, mm-hmm. you know, all of that marshals toward what you're trying to accomplish. And I, and I love that. Yes. And, and it's beautiful that you shared with what you shared just now. And I love the way that, you know, when you get in a conversation with somebody, if you're doing it right, not that there's a right or a wrong way. I don't want you to get the wrong impression, but if you're having a real conversation, then there's an, there's an opportunity to both listen 
and then there's an opportunity to speak. And when you're listening, if you listen for what's being said, you hear specific things that resonate with you because of the frequency that you're vibrating at. And you use the word God. Mm-hmm. Now, God is a word that vibrates at different levels for different people. I volunteered at a facility called The Caring Place. What I love about The Caring Place, it's the place where patients that have cancer and their families can come to be something other than a patient. Mm. So once they walk through the doors of The Caring Place, they become a participant. And what's really cool about The Caring Place is that it's open to all beliefs and even non-belief. Now, it takes a lot of understanding about the universe to be able to be open to all beliefs and even non-belief. And here's why I'm sharing this the way that I am, because it's a bridge to something else. You know, I believe everything is connected. On the 4th of July in 1990, I stood at the crossroads. And I had a decision to make. And I knew if I made the right decision for me at the time, that my life would probably be very different than it had been. And I didn't know just how different it could be. And when I asked God to take away my desire to drink and to smoke, I think there's a passage in the Bible that says, ask and you'll receive. And it's not just in the Bible, it's in a lot of different places. Sometimes we're afraid just to ask, but I did. And I wasn't afraid to ask. And I didn't know how. It's pretty much become all I'd known at the time. But I asked. And if God hadn't answered, we probably wouldn't be having this conversation. I would have been just another statistic. Because there's no way I would have made it through the path that I was on at the time. But God saw something in me. He had a mission for me. He had something that he wanted me to do. I had no idea what it was at the time. And I didn't even know if I was worthy. As a matter of fact, I can tell you that I certainly didn't believe I was. But on that 4th of July, 1990, I declared my independence from alcohol and tobacco and any other substance that might ever go in my body that wasn't supposed to be there. And with God's help, but for the grace of God and my sister and brother-in-law taking me into their home so I could get my feet underneath me at the time, the VA program that helped me figure things out one day at a time, Alcoholics Anonymous, which was the program that allowed me to find myself again, and a whole bunch of one-on-one counseling to help me unravel my life to figure out why I'd been, you know, what felt like abandoned to me by a mother and father and raised by my grandparents and all the anger that came from that and so many other things. One day at a time, I've managed to accumulate over 10,000 days. Congratulations, Bobby. That's, that's just awesome. I love... Love, 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 love hearing that story. Love hearing that because there's going to be somebody that's listening right now that's that's where you were back in 1990 that doesn't feel worthy, that does not 
feel like they can change their life that feels victim maybe to the idea of you know alcoholism and or drug use and or whatever smoking or whatever just just being in control of their life and i and i love that message kudos to you congratulations to you that's awesome that's not easy you know um i know from personal experience i have not drank alcohol since uh 2009 And, um, you know, God helped me through that. I I went through my own journey in that regard, but I had to come to that place. I'm an only child myself. I did not want my four boys going down a path thinking that the solution to all of their adversities and or problems was a bottle of alcohol. So that to me was the greater priority, but I know how hard it is. I know how difficult it is, and I know what it, it, it means that you've overcome that. So kudos. Congratulations to you. That's awesome. Well, I, I can tell you, you know, when I originally decided to write this book, I had this grand aspiration that it needed to be a bestseller. And I thought, what's talking here with that idea? Is that me or is that my ego? And I quickly, very quickly, as a matter of fact, realized that it was all ego. And then I thought to myself, what would really make my book a success? I thought, well, if I helped one person, if I changed one life, wouldn't that make my book a success? And once I acknowledged that, it changed everything for me. You connecting to that, Jen? Yeah, I connect with that because that's how the streak that I run um, came into play. Like that was my thing is if I could change one person's life, if I can inspire one person to get off the couch and move, then my job is done. So it that's really resonates with me. You know, it's so funny that you mentioned that because I thought the same thing mm-hmm. with regard to Hope Radio Podcast. Really? <laughs> yeah. So like Jen's thing is kind of streaking with the cool kids. That's that's the name of the challenge, etc. Like it was it was it was born from her idea, her right. her efforts and and Hope Radio was was more my thing. And so like just sitting here listening to that we're both we're both thinking the same thing about two different, different initiatives yeah. that we've embarked on. But we're, yeah, we're still yeah. thinking the but same it's, thing. It's, it's same that idea way. of like one person, mm-hmm. you no. know, so you know it's been a success because you get lots of people that say Oh, yeah. That. yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. And and I know you guys, I know you guys have for sure heard the starfish story, right? I mean, I mean, most everybody that is hope-related or hope-focused, they, mm-hmm. they know the starfish story. You're, you're, so you think about that, right, and how powerful that story is. And for you know, maybe some of your some of your listeners that don't know a brief synopsis of that story is, you know, there's thousands of starfish on the beach, and the little boys throwing the starfish back into the, the water, and you know, crotchety old man says, "Little boy, what are you doing? Because you can't you can't help all these starfish." And he picks up one starfish and he tosses it back in the water and he says, "I helped that one." <laughs> 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 yeah, that one's good. That's I, good. I love that. But I think that's that's a metaphor for life. I think that we're put on this planet to uh, mm-hmm. help others. That mm-hmm. the base core calling for us all is to be a light, to be a beacon, to help others. And so, you know, but I haven't always been in that place. I haven't always thought that. But I've lived enough life to get to this point and been through enough adversity, been through enough seasoning and maturation to to really understand i really think that's our our calling for all of us is to come alongside each other and try to do our part to help others and uh that's what you're talking about that's what jen's talking about Mm -hmm. certainly what i'm talking about yeah absolutely and it's interesting the way that you just rephrase that too and so when i made that decision all those years ago to just you know then i made that decision to stop drinking i there there was you know it probably wasn't like the perfect act 
but when you're making an ask that you've never made before and you don't necessarily know how to make it, you might put conditions on it. So I kind of had some conditions on it, but it wasn't in the wrong direction. It was really kind of in the right direction. So what I had said, I said, and if you do this, if you help me, then I'll commit to doing my very best to making whatever difference it is that you want me to make in the world mm-hmm. each and every day for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. I think it's a cry. So of the- I, I kind of had, con- had a condition on it. But it wasn't the normal kind of condition that like a lot of times people are like, well, God, if you just answer this one prayer, if you do this or if you do that, then I'll do this. Right. It was more like, oh, my God. And if you do help me do this, I want you to know that I'm going to be worthy of the help that you that you that you push my way or that you guide. You know, however it is that you help me out of this deep, dark place that I'm in, I promise I'm going to do my very best. And listen, I would be the first one to tell all of your listeners that I have made still in all the years that I've accumulated from that first day, a ton of mistakes. But you can't be afraid to make mistakes because that's where the lessons are. That's where we learn. We learn so much more from our mistakes. And we've got this culture that is like afraid to fail for some reason now. And all of our greatest learnings come from our failures. You've got to give yourself permission to fail. Fail forward. Fail, failing is is good. It it just means you're on the path. You just that's just. I agree. You you got a lot of learning lessons that come out of failure. And I do agree with the the analysis that um, I do think that there's a lot of younger folks today that um, do have this idea of perfectionism that they're so afraid to to fail in general. But failure is such a great teacher. You know, Jen and I have failed in a lot of different things, and we've failed more than we've succeeded. But the reality of it is, is that we've stayed persistent. You know, and I think that that's what what you got to do is you got to stay persistent. But going back to what you said about that about that bartering and the, about that kind of I, I negotiated with God kind of kind of a thing, it reminds me of the movie Unbroken, and it reminds me of Louis Zamperini, who we had the chance to to have come to our church. But he was the guy that the movie was was based on. But he ended up, you know, forty something, forty seven, forty two days. I can't remember. You know, after his plane was shot down in World War II out on the ocean, and then he ended up getting rescued by the Japanese in a, in a in a prison camp for two years. But the whole idea was he'd bartered with God and said, "God, if you know, if you get me out of this, if 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 I survive this, I'll follow you." And and he just led an incredible life after that. I, I think when you're in that place, when you're in that cry of the heart, like you have no other place other than God, like here I'll do this, but you, like you need to rescue me, then I'm yours, yeah. kind of thing. Like I I I I don't think he minds that. I, depending on the circumstance, I don't think he minds that. I think you might be right about that. As a matter of fact, I think that's the door that's always left open. That's the door that's cracked open. And we just have to be willing to just put our hand against the door and push and open it so that God, that, so that God can come into our hearts, right? And when I, I want to make sure that, I understand, that I'm clear with your audience. God is the God of your understanding. I, I'm not talking about you know, whatever image you might have of whatever God is, that's all, that's the only image that you need to have. And if that's just pure energy, then that's perfect. If it's something other than that, if it's a higher power, in if other it's words, the universe, it if is, it's whatever. Yes. Yes. It's a universal energy that's connected. To, well, <laughs> I'm a huge fan of Star Wars and I'll tell you why, because I believe that the force is exactly what we're talking about yes. right now. Right? Well, I'm a big fan of yeah. Avatar too. And so when they were all connected yeah. to that tree, you know, like the mud, the tree yeah. of life, you know, yeah. like I feel like yeah. that's God too. That's an example. Yep. Yes. 
perfect example. Wonderful example. Two sci-fi movie examples right there, <laughs> coming from a couple different nerds, I think, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I guess I have no input. I'm not a nerd. Jennifer. <laughs> you know, it, 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 so it's interesting. So you kind of think about what our belief system is, whatever that might be. Yeah. And I believe that our beliefs are what really drive what we do. And here's one of mine. I believe that hidden within each of us is everything that we need to achieve anything we can imagine. And I feel pretty good when I say something like that because it puts me in the league of like Einstein. Mm -hmm. Now, not at the intellectual level, <laughs> but on the imagine but on the imagination level, because Einstein said that imagination is everything that it's a preview of life's coming attractions. Wow. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Well, you know, we can, we all have the ability to change the world. We all have the ability to impact the world. We all have potential. We all have purpose. And so I think that's what you're, what you're connecting to. Like it, it's just this idea, the longer I live, the more I feel like I'm capable of, mm -hmm. you know, but I, I think you have to, you have to continue to evolve. You have to be open to that. You have to strive for that. You have to have the goals for that. You have to commit. Commit. Yes. yes. Bring it all. Look at Jen. Bring it all the way back to the beginning. <laughs> yes, she just did. Right. And we should have we should have big goals. And what I mean by big is big stands for big inspirational goals. Yes. Big goals. I love that. That's Writing a good that one. Down. That's a nugget. Yeah. You're going to write that down. Well, yeah. so I have a question for you, Bobby. So obviously, our, you know, there's going to be some folks that are listening right now that are unsettled. They're anxious. They're fearful. Maybe they're worried. Maybe their situation. And, you know, I keep imagining this restaurateur who had a thriving business, five restaurants, and now he's facing certain ruin, mm -hmm. potentially, because of what's happened with COVID and, and the despair that might come from that. So what would you say, based on your experiences, based on your book, based on your, your wisdom to this to this date, on the days you've had on this planet, what would you say to that person right now? How would you lift them up or encourage them? Well, one of the things we kind of began with in the beginning was gratitude. And sometimes the things that we think we value the most are not the most important. But if you have your breath, then you have a chance. Everything else can be taken away. You know, I think I mentioned earlier that I, that I you know, volunteered at a place called The Caring Place. And I, I, I facilitate a cancer support group with a group of individuals that have been put in touch with something that most of us are never put in immediate touch with, and that's our own mortality. And I mean, they're put in immediate touch with it. Like the doctor looks across you know, the exam room table and, and says, well, here's what the statistics say about the amount of time that you have left on this planet. And then they're faced with a really significant choice. And that's to either get busy living or get busy dying. Mm -hmm. And no matter what life has thrown at you, if you're here and listening to this podcast right now, you have survived every single thing that life has thrown at you so far. And I would submit that you'll survive this too. And your life might be very different than it's been up till now. 
But what we fear is we fear the death of our own story. And if our own story was our success and it was tied specifically to that hamster wheel grind of more and more and more, you know, you know, I, I know a guy, he had one restaurant and he was really successful and he's like, well, I need two restaurants. And then he had two and then he's like, well, I need three. And then all of a sudden he was so stressed out that he didn't have any potential way to be able to manage those three restaurants anymore. And he ended up losing all three of them, but he had been doing just fine with the first one. So sometimes it's just being grateful for everything that we have. And it could be as simple as the fact that our family all has their health. And like I said, in the beginning, we wake up and we're grateful that we, that we literally woke up today and that we can go and we can turn a faucet and clean, clear water comes out and, yeah, of course, a lot of things can come crashing down around us. But at the core of all of that, if we're still here, and also I would submit, if the person was, if the person was creative enough to build a successful restaurant, one of the most difficult businesses there is in the world, that if that restaurant goes away, there will be another opportunity for another restaurant because the knowledge that they've accumulated in the process of creating that restaurant, that will never go away. Well said, Bobby. Well said. Great reminder. I love all of that. That's that's awesome. Thank you so much. You've just been an awesome, awesome guest to have on the show. I love your kernels of wisdom. I love some of the reminders. I love the gratitude piece. More importantly, the biggest takeaway from all of this is just the commit. One word, commit. Commit to change your life. Commit to change your family's life. Commit to, you know, move forward. Commit to, you know, an exercise regimen. Commit to whatever. You know, I just I just love it. Thank you so much for your willingness to come on and share some wisdom with us, share a little bit about your life story. Uh, it's It's been awesome. Absolutely. It's my absolute pleasure. And, and I have an ask. I would ask that if anybody's been inspired by what I shared about the book, The Sunday Solution, mm-hmm. that you commit to not only buying the book, but reading it and then more importantly, implementing your life into the pathway to progress that exists there for you so that you can experience whatever it is that you want from life. Love that. So it's uh, The Someday Solution, Bobby Kuntz, K-O-U-N-T-Z, and I'm, I'm sure it's on Amazon and uh, other platforms. Available, yep, absolutely available on Amazon as both a Kindle copy or a paperback. Also, you can find the book at thesomedaysolution.com. Okay. And you can find me at bobbycoots.com. I've got a new website that's up. It's, it's, uh, it's not perfect yet, but isn't it interesting how yeah. we get to go into life and we can be perfectly imperfect, as my dear friend Michael O'Brien says in his Kintsugi podcast, yeah. right? Yep. <laughs> give, our, give ourselves you know, permission to be perfectly imperfect. So, yeah, you can find me at bobbycoots.com. I'm also on Twitter at Bobby underscore Kuntz. I don't do much other social media. I'm a little bit social media averse. That'll change over time. I'm getting better. But, uh, but you know, Twitter, there's a writing community there that's very supportive. And uh, I'm growing as a human being, too. That's, if I want to leave your guests with just one thing, we're never done growing. Yeah. It's a process. Mm-hmm. We wake up in the morning, and that day gives us a chance to grow just a little bit more. Mm-hmm. 
Love it, Bobby. Thank you so much. Thank you for your time. Really appreciate it. I know Jen and I have uh, very much enjoyed the conversation. Yes. So uh, wish you the best of luck moving forward. What we'll do is we'll uh, we'll be in touch for sure. I appreciate you guys. And you know, as I expressed, I, I think I've got a couple of friends that could come and share some things with your audience. We'll pick that conversation up offline. And I look forward to connecting you. I, I want to take away that deepest fear that you have, Sean, of not being able to find podcast guests. Yeah. Thank you for that. That'd be an answered prayer right there. Well, we're doing it together then, and that's how it works, right? Perfect. Isn't that how it works? It yes, is. Yeah. It is. Thank you guys so much. Thank I you. feel so blessed and so honored to have been a part of this. I am so incredibly grateful for the work that you're doing. And you I want you guys to know you really inspired me today about what's possible. Oh, that's awesome. You're well, you're awesome. welcome. And, Thank and, you so much. <laughs> it's been a great time for sure. Yeah. All right, Jen, what did you think about our interview with Mr. Bobby Koontz? I think he should read me nighttime stories. I think thought so? his voice was so awesome. Like, literally, it's really hard to entertain me, and I was quite entertained. I, the audiobooks yes. is what you're thinking. Like, he yes. should be a voiceover Yeah, like, artist. I don't want him in my bedroom reading to me, but, yeah, like, well, audiobooks. Well, I didn't figure that. <laughs> I didn't I didn't figure that but the whole idea of him like his voice the 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 cadence the intonation yeah. the it was suspenseful flow, his pauses yes I was like is he gonna say something is he yeah. not and then right yeah. when I would say he's he gonna he'd say something and it'd be like a boom it'd be like yes. a nugget yes I did I I love that and then also he said that one thing about big goals yes and he kind of like spelled it out a little different which I loved you like uh, so yeah big you know, set big goals, which I'm all, I'm all about. Set those big goals. Don't set the little goals. Just make it ginormous. And his big goal stands for big inspirational goals. Yes. And I love that. Yeah, I like it too. I loved everything. I loved I loved how he, you his know. His commit. Yeah. Just the whole, like the whole idea of his book came yes. from that, like out of left field. Hey, Bobby, you want to go ride 200 miles across Massachusetts? Yeah, that's, that's uh pretty intense you know what i didn't expect though the little nugget about the alcoholism and yeah. stopping smoking 1990 like i was i was i was getting a little emotional that's the part of the story that i felt like i was so drawn into yeah so he's he he's, he became a little vulnerable thank yeah. you for that bobby yeah it was Appreciate real that. and yeah. i can i can sense that and yeah so i loved it well if people want to hear more fascinating awesome stories mm -hmm. like our interview with mr bobby coons how do, how do they do so jen where do they go you can tune into us on iTunes, Google Play, uh, Alexa, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, yes, and SoundCloud. Yes, I think we got all of them. Like any any of those, they, they yeah. Hope Radio podcast. I don't think we need to keep saying. I think wherever you listen to a podcast, we will be there waiting for you. Yes, I like that idea. Yeah. And what if they want to connect with us on a on a more granular level? What if they want to follow us? What if they want to you know, send us a message. What if they have a guest mm. that they want to refer to us? Do you know somebody in your life that would be a great guest to have on our Hope Radio podcast? How would they get connected with us? Well, you'd probably want to reach out to us on Instagram or Facebook and we are at Hope Radio podcast on both of those socials. Yeah. So just uh, DM you know, us, connect us, connect with us there. Yeah. And then send us a message. Like, subscribe to us. Subscribe to the podcast because mm -hmm. that's how we grow our following. And send us your recipes for the, you know, desserts made with spinach. Yeah, we're trying to grow our following. So we'll be sad. It's lunchtime. I'm so hungry. 
You're talking about food again. I'm trying to grow the podcast. Grow. It doesn't work like that. We can grow spinach. Words matter. I know. Let's send it out in the universe. Let's grow spinach. Well, in order for it to grow, we've got to do it again, right? Yeah, let's do it again. You want to do it again? <laughs> <laughs> let's do it. Uh.